This is ASI, episode 64. My name is Russ Shaw. Welcome. song that is U2 Bono is uh, I love that tune because it's like you know I believe it right I believe it Jesus died on the cross he carried all my shame but I still haven't found what I'm looking for what is up with my desires what why do I do what you know where am I at why do I do the things I do why haven't I found what I'm looking for love that tune uh, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Before I do that, I have a couple of announcements. The last show, uh, yeah, that was kind of a talk I did. Like I said, kind of a sloppy talk. The beginning of the deal, I talked about uh, talked about anger. You know, Jesus said, you know, you you haven't sinned murdering somebody if you have got angry though. You know, you may have been you may have committed murder. Well, that's true, but anger. And I kind of wanted to clarify this. Anger in and of itself is not sin, okay? That's very important for you to understand. Um, anger is not sin. It's it's basically a great breeding ground for it, though, right? Usually, uh, the most stupidest things we've said, if there's anything we want to take back, you know, stuff that kind of charges out of our mouth, kind of like ready, fire, aim, Right, it comes out of anger. Like the, you, you, there's just it, there's a, anger has a way of owning you in a way that you, you, it's indescribable. Like it, it can just take you over, and you can start saying things you don't mean. You can say things that wound and hurt, and part of you wants to maybe. So that part is sin, yes. But anger in and of itself is a. I think it's, it's God gets angry, right? I mean, God designed us, and I believe that anger is a. Uh, is a good um, emotion. It's it's a way to correct things. It's a way to bring things back to where they should be. Um, you may be listening to my voice right now because your wife caught you in your compulsive porn habit, or or caught you in an affair, uh, and she got angry. Right? She has every right to be angry. Just to let you know, she gets to be angry. She's going to have to mourn that out. Ladies, your your husbands as well. I mean, it's it's just it's a it's a good thing to get angry. Uh my my worry for you would be if you're not angry. If uh, you know, but then again, you probably wouldn't be listening. It's not a problem for you, right? The the people that don't 
get angry about this stuff. Um, anyway, spent a lot of time on that, but I just want to clarify that. Um, a couple of shows I talked about building your life. Um, what kind of material are you using? What What are you doing to, to build your your new life? Your your recovery is a building of a house. Um, some of the material I got from that was from uh, Mark Jerusco, Mars Hill Church, um, The Sword and the Trowel. If you go to the website, uh, marshillchurch.org, or search for them on iTunes, you can download that sermon that he did. Um, also, it, basically, it is a uh, it, it is a sermon done by, and a newsletter that was done by a guy named Charles Spurgeon back in the 18th century. I'm going to talk about one of his stories today. Um Great guy, awesome pastor back in the back in the day, back in the eighteen hundreds, nineteenth century, I guess it would be. So he talked about the sword and the trowel. Basically in the book of Nehemiah they're building uh rebuilding the church after it had been in ruins and while they're building um, in one hand they have a trowel, you know, to lay bricks, you know, a hammer or building material, and in the other hand they had a sword because they were constantly being attacked as they were building their house. Great analogy to uh to this <laughs> this uh recovery. Wanted to thank you for listening. Um I wanted to uh again put out my email. My name's Russ. The we- uh, the email is uh asi247.org. Um wanted to put in another uh ask you uh, humbly for uh, if you can make a donation even a buck, even two bucks to the show uh, ASI247.org as this is a listener supported deal and uh, running out of cash flow once again hard times with the business and uh, just say being in the pizza business like I am, uh, cheese, flour all time high and fuel so Having a hard time paying the bills, and I would just uh, if you find if you have any um, getting any use out of the show, if you appreciate the show, if you uh, if you look at it as an audio book or an audio book series, have you have you got any anything out of it? I would just ask to uh, if you could give back, man. I would certainly appreciate it. It's Russ. Uh, Russ at ASI247.org is my email, and ASI247.org, click on the donation button, everything goes through PayPal and is secure and all that stuff, so just wanted to make a few announcements uh, regarding those things. Anyhow, on with the show. Um, Wanted to cover a couple of uh, stories, a couple of emotional word pictures for you to help you uh, unpack this concept of, of finding what you're looking for. Right, finding fulfillment, finding uh, what what is going to fill us, what is going to bring us into fullness. I'm not sure where you're at, where you're listening from. I mean, there's a ton of listeners who who are coming at me from different angles, different places in their life. Uh, maybe you'll go to church for a long time. Maybe you're in ministry. Maybe you don't. You know, you're you're just looking for some way to to you know find a remedy for this addiction and not really sure about Jesus not really sure about church so i'm i'm speaking to a wide variety of folks um just through different emails that come in uh 
want you to understand that again I'm not you know Jesus freak gonna shove a Jesus pill down your throat and force feed you um, religion that is not my deal at all I hate that stuff I cannot stand um, people who do that so want you to make sure you understand that that is not my heart. I am not here to uh, force feed you any religion at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can't stand religion. Most of the problems I've had in my life had to do with religion. Um, I love Jesus. I hate religion. I'm I'm here to introduce you to Jesus to a certain extent to help you understand uh, who He is. Hopefully. Uh, because there's there's just a lot of people out there who have a lot of different opinions and views, and that's basically what they are, their opinions and their views, and, and not a lot of stuff out there has to do with the truth. So I'm here to kind of clarify some of that from you from my perspective, because uh, I fought this battle, and it is a, a deep a deep kind of a problem. It is a deep addiction. It goes down to the center of your being. It, it goes right down to uh, asking yourself what's going to fill you. And I want to uh, I want to address some of that here. Um, the first story I wanted to uh, talk about was uh, a story about a guy a guy fixing up a house, an old house, you know, flipping houses or some, something like that. And the guy's got you know this investment property. And he walks into this room, and uh, you know he's kind of cleaning up all over the place. Walks into this room, and this this wall has this big spot on it, right? This big mold spot, and kind of nasty, dirty, and it's all you know all over the side of this wall. So he gets out the disinfectants and the cleaners and all this stuff, and he spends a couple hours wiping this stain off this wall, this big mold spot on this wall. Spends a good three, four hours at it, and he finally gets the spot down to, you know, right there in the bare paint. Looks good. Goes about his business and uh, cleaning up the house. Um, a few days later, he comes back into the same room. He forgot a tool or something like that, and he looks on the wall, and there it is again. Big old mold spot. Same mold spot he just spent three hours trying to uh, remove. So. Gets out some new cleansers and stuff like that. Goes down to the the store and gets uh gets some new stuff. He wipes the whole thing down. Spends another couple hours wiping it down, and it goes about his day. Goes about his business. Um, comes back in to do a final check of the house after fixing up some things, and he goes back to that room, and lo and behold, there it is again. This big spot, right? This big mold spot. And he's starting to get a little creeped out by now. He's starting to get a little freaked out. He's like, well, you know, I've tried to remove this thing a few times, and, and there it is again. You know, he's starting to get a little creeped out, like his house is haunted or something like that. So he's a Catholic guy. He calls up a priest and has the priest come through and bless the house and sprinkle holy water and stuff like that, pray over the house. Always a good thing. And... uh Goes in there and he removes the spot again with uh, some disinfectant, some Scotch Bright stuff like that. Puts a fresh coat of paint over it this time. A few days later, he comes back, and there's the spot again. Um, I tell you the story because that is a lot of your churches. Okay, that is a lot of your churches right that now, right there. Now, I want you to to make, I want you to understand 
um, that I, I do believe in prayer. I do believe in, in bringing in uh, spiritual people to help you in these areas. I really do. Uh, what I want you to understand, though, is that you're going to have to go a little deeper. That the church is great at giving you all the cleansing uh, ingredients and even scriptures that involve this. Um, they can give you all the Ajax and, and all the scotch Bright and all the, you know, the wool, steel wool and the soaps and stuff like that. But But there's something deeper going on. And that's what I think the church is afraid. A lot of churches are afraid to talk about, afraid to go into, because it's painful and it's it's scary. Um, the guy goes into the house and uh, he finally says, well, there's got to be something behind this. Doesn't have the money in the budget. The guy's a little freaked out. He's, he's, he's out of, you know, he's over budget as it is, and there it is again, the mold spot. And he knows if he washes it down, it's just going to come back in a few weeks. So he talks to uh, get some, some help from a professional, and they say, you know, you're going to have to tear out that wall. You're going to have to find out what's under it. So he goes in there, he takes a pickaxe, and he goes at the wall. He tears down the, the, the layer of the wall, and it's it's a very old house, right? So it's made out of plasterboard, not drywall. So basically plasterboard is like plaster, and it's spread all over these really thin wood slats. And what he finds is that underneath the, underneath the plasterboard was this mold, this huge mold bloom, and it had come through the wall on the outside. Like the siding was kind of not really good, had some holes in it, and the, and the wall leaked. You know, this is a house up here in the northwest in the Seattle area, and it rains a lot here. So all this rain beating against the house just basically made the wall leak, and the hairline cracks that were in the plasterboard kept letting through this huge mold bloom that was just on the other side of the wall, unable to be seen from the surface. So he goes in, he takes it out, and uh, cleans up the mess, and uh, basically repairs the wall, puts drywall up, sells the house. Um, And that's what I'm talking about here. That's what I'm talking about as far as the hard stuff, as Joe Dallas said in the, that faithful episode, um, overcoming the addiction is the easy part. Okay, you can you can get the cleansers out and scrub the wall clean. It's it's just keeping the mold from coming back through the wall. That's the hard part, right? It's uh, finding out what was behind that wall to start the whole process in the first place. To clean the whole thing out, not to just clean out that one section as well. I have a lot of people who email me who's been through recovery, different kind of recovery programs for alcohol, for narcotics, for bulimia, stuff like that, and, and, they're, and they're back, right? The, the mold blooms back because they have this addiction now. And basically what I want you to understand is desire, okay? Desire is changing you. Had an email from a listener who we were talking about religion, and he's had, you know, he's kind of like talking about how, oh, well, you know, religion is like the pipes, Russ, the pipes for the Spirit of God. So so the pipes for the Spirit of God move through religion, and religion is the pipes. You know, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter what religion you, you go after, what religion you're, you're, you plug into, right? It's just whatever 
the spirit, the pipes flow through. As long as they get to you, you're fine. Um, I would disagree with that. And basically the reason why is uh, I believe that Jesus came to totally demolish religion. I really do. If you read the New Testament, um, Jesus had, had nothing but disdain for the religious professionals. Okay? Uh, um, religion is not the pipes. I guess it is in a certain way if you look at religion as desire. Okay, desire is the pipes. The spirit moves through the pipes, right? Worship moves through the pipes, and we all worship, all right? We all wake up in the morning and we put our hope in something. So we are all worshipers. You can't get away from it. That's what you do. That's what you're doing. That is what you were made to do is to worship. Desire is not a bad thing. Okay, there's some religions that teach that, that teach that if you can just disconnect yourself from desire and empty yourself, then you will have no problems and you can live in peace and tranquility and and uh, you can have um, enlightenment, that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, even like on the Christian side, there's there's people that, you know, desire is bad and, and God doesn't like it when you desire and, and sexual desire is wrong and, and stuff like that. Right. Sexual desire is not wrong, first of all. I want you to understand that. That's a big one. God made sex, and he made it good, and it is very good. All right, It's not just for procreation either. There's other Christians that believe that sex is just for procreation. That is not true. Sex is a celebration of an intimate kind of love. You crack open a book called The Songs of Solomon. It's about in the middle of your Bible. All right, It's all about sexual pleasure, and there's not a word in there mentioned about babies. Okay, that's just the truth. You know, God sees Solomon and his bride, and he's like, drink, you lovers. Enjoy one another. Sex was made for that. Okay, sex was made for a for an intimate, lifelong connection and a celebration of that. So, it's one of those religious folks on that side understand that as well. Uh, as far as religion is concerned, I'm an equal opportunity offender, as Jesus was. All right, Jesus took an axe. If you want to look at the the pipes as religion, um, Jesus took an axe to the pipes. Hopefully, I can I can get you to understand that that religion doesn't run through the pipes. That God created this world, and we all live in it. Okay, we all are living and enjoying God's creation. All right, religion isn't over here on the side, or Jesus is this this uh, figure that you pull off the wall when you need him. We all live in this world that God created. Right, it's got jacked up through uh, disease. Go into the Matrix analogy. We live in the Matrix, okay, because of sin. Understanding the beauty of this place is uh, is understanding the, the king that has given us a lot of gifts. Being grateful for those gifts um, is, is a whole nother way of looking at life. The fact that we do live here, the fact that we are alive, that yes, there is a lot of pain, there is a lot of hurt, there is an enemy trying to take you down, keep you here, keep you here to burn with the rest of it, Right? keep you miserable but the king 
the king gave us all all of this beauty and all of this splendor. Um, Charles Spurgeon tells this story. This is my second story. Of uh, and I told this on a few a uh, few shows ago, but I'm going to re- revisit it um, to give you new insight here on uh, on the this analogy of the pipes, religion, um, understanding the king. There's this farmer who lives in uh in this this uh, kingdom, and uh, once a year the the king chooses some people in the in the kingdom to meet with him and just to, you know to talk with him. He wants to be involved with the people, so he uh, sends out this letter and, and this farmer's invited. So he gets to gets to go see the king, and he he so glad and he's so grateful because he's so glad that the the life that he has and and the little uh the little farm that he has and the little house that he has and you know the king is is up there and constantly he's hearing all these huge rich people and and dukes and duchesses are all complaining about this and complaining about that and you know they have these huge lives and these these big you know castles and 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 they're just complaining right but here comes this farmer okay the farmer walks in and he has a carrot, like this huge, you know, two foot long carrot. And and he brings it before the king and he lays it at the king's feet. And the king's like, Wow, thanks, you know, that's that's awesome. What 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 is that? And he says, I, I grew this out of out of the garden that, that you provided for me. You know, I'm so grateful that you're my king. I'm so glad that you're my king. I wanted to lay this at your feet and thank you for 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 my life for for this you know this little farm that I have and the little house that I have is right outside the moat over here it's not a lot but I'm grateful for it and I thank you for it and I wanted to give you this carrot that I grew out of the ground and the king you know having a, having a rough day as it were uh is moved he's moved and he looks at the at the farmer and he says you know he says uh listen he says you know all that land that's right next to your property. You're the, you're the guy with the little farm right down by the moat, right outside the castle over there. And and he says, uh, that's that's your place, right? And, and the guy says, yeah. And he says, he says, you know that that twenty acres that's right next to your your little farm there. And and the farmer says, yeah. And he says, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you that. That is my gift to you, because I, you know, because I see your heart. And, and you're grateful for for your life, and and I want to give you that. I want to uh, impart that to you. And the farmer's like, "Wow, thank you very much, King. You didn't have to do that." And the king's like, "No, you take it. I insist." And uh, the farmer's like, "Thank you," and he walks away. Now in line, there's a there's a nobleman. And he is uh, he's in line, and he's going to talk to the king, and he sees this happen, and he thinks to himself, "Wow, twenty acres for for a carrot, you know." So the nobleman goes, "Man, what could I get for a horse?" Because that's his deal, right? He he raises horses, so he goes back to his place, his ranch, comes back with a horse, and he says, "King, I love you. I thank you." all this great splendor that you have, you know, and all this stuff that you've provided, and and I just, I thank you for my life, and I wanted to give you this, this horse as a gift. And the king says, wow, yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Next, right, and he goes on to the next person, and the next person steps up, and the, and the nobleman's going, wait. 
He says, wait a minute. He says, you gave that, that peasant farmer, you gave him a 20 acres. And, and I gave you a horse and, and I get nothing? And the king stops everything. And he looks at the guy and he says, listen, the farmer gave me that carrot out of his heart. He says, you, you don't want to give me the horse. He says, you want to give the horse to yourself. He says, you want to pay off for your gift. He says, the farmer gave me the carrot out of his own heart. That was his motivation. Um, this is a great picture of discerning the heart, right? I mean, we all judge people and we all look at that situation and we, we think to ourselves, yeah, I know what that person's thinking. But we really don't, okay? Only God can be the king in that in that analogy, right? We don't know what God, what's going through the, the, the mind of another person. Only God can discern the heart like that. It's very important that we understand that. Because here's the deal. When I give you that metaphor, some of you just had other people run through your mind. Other people that need to hear that story, maybe. Um, that story is for you behind your eyes just for you I want you to digest this stuff for you the second you start thinking about other people and how somebody else needs to hear that um, you're missing the boat okay you need to look at it from behind your eyes and be honest about what you desire what what is it that your heart is offering or what are you what are you complaining about and why wanted to share an email from a listener um, part of an email a story that he had um, a guy very frustrated in, in the out of control um, parts of this addiction and, and the, the, the devastation that it has left in his life um, he gave me this analogy and I wanted to uh, bring it to to the forefront here because I think a lot of people including myself had this in our hearts and from the past um, the analogy that occurs to me is that if your dad said he was going to teach you to ride a bike he hands you a manual and tells you to carry it with you everywhere and then he quietly watches as you crash it into the pavement over and over again the bike right um, he doesn't run to help he doesn't console he doesn't help take away the pain he just tells you to get back on the bike and try again his displeasure with my fa my falls is obvious but he's content to simply watch me make a wreck of my bike and my knees bloodied up Right as he stands there with his arms crossed, and this is this this is this guy's view of God. Um, that that's not God, okay? God does not do that. I know that there's some churches that want to run around and say that you know sin is you you get what you deserve and you know you're reaping the you sowed the seeds of of lust and and you get back what you re what you sowed and and yeah, I agree with that, but, but God did not do that to you. 
Okay, do you understand? God did not do that to you. God is trying to redeem you from that. That's why I hate religion. I love Jesus. The whole point of God coming to earth as a man was to redeem the the death and the hate and all the, the, the disease on this planet to redeem us, the people that that choose evil, the children of wrath, okay? There's a band called Hate Breed, all right? <laughs> Paul calls us the, the children of wrath. There's not one of us that can make it through this sinless and unstained, not one. So God through his love sent Jesus because he loves us sent Jesus to absorb all that wrath all the wrath he poured it out on Jesus not you okay because we deserve hell and that's the truth we deserve to be beat and punished and to, to go through an eternity of hell for for the ripple effect that we've left of sin that's the truth. Now, this whole analogy of, of God standing there with his arms crossed, shaking his head at you, um, I know some t- churches in the Christian sect may actually teach this, but my problem with this is the Bible, okay? The Bible, that there's nothing in the Bible that says any of that, all right? Matthew, I'm going to read just a couple here. Matthew six twenty-eight. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. John ten eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John ten fourteen and 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. I want you to ask yourself, and there's a ton of scripture about this. How, wh- what in those three scriptures, wh- what in that is about what you do or do not do? Did you earn it? Absolutely not. You do not earn it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast okay Galatians 2.21 I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness through the law for if it were through righteousness in the law then Christ would have died for nothing okay That that is God's heart for you, that he gave his son to die for you. And to understand that love, to understand that he's got his arms wrapped around you in that, that he's loving you. Okay, when we understand that love, sin starts to lose its grip on us. Do you understand? When we can really understand that, if there's anything I could give you to find what you're looking for... It's to seek that out. Okay, a pastor challenged me with this because I thought that I wasn't lovable, right? I thought that there's no way God could love a jacked up, screwed up, evil, sinful bastard like myself. There's no way. Are you kidding me? I was taught growing up that God, you know, hates sinners. 
That's a problem for me. You know why? Because I'm a sinner. Big time. No matter how hard I tried, I still was a sinner. God hates me. I, I'm, I'm sitting in the pastor's office and he says, No, no, Russ, that's not true. You were taught the wrong thing. Okay, that, that analogy that, that that guy sent me about the, the dad looking at the kid with his bloody knees and just shaking his head in disappointment, that's not God. But here's the deal. That guy is real. Okay, that guy is real for you. That guy exists inside you, and he is not God, okay? And you tearing out the frickin' plasterboard in your life is going to be finding out who that guy is. Because he is ruining your life. He is destroying your motivation of your heart. He is showing you, he's trying to tell you that God is not a good king that's ready to offer you the field. Okay? He's trying to show you that God is there trying to trying to jack you up, trying to make you feel bad about yourself. There is someone in your heart trying to make you feel bad about yourself, but that person is not God. Understanding the motivation of your heart is going to be taking down your own desires. You know, you wanting to bring the horse to get what you want. Because desire is changing you. What you're going after is changing you. And when I can fit, when I can get into love when I can understand that the love that that king has for me when I can be more like the farmer that nobleman in me starts to fade away the surface identity in me starts to fade away this is Pillar from their new album For the Love of the Game from myself is understanding love understanding that a desire to love to give myself away to be able to live out of that part of my heart that I've been trying to to, to, to hide behind right to, to, to hide from that the real pipes in my life our, our desires, that, that worship is something that is continually flowing out of me, that I'm continually chasing, that I'm putting my hope as I wake up every morning and as I go throughout my day, I'm putting my hope in something. It's having an attitude of gratitude. How do we develop that? 
And where do we start to unpack that bully that's in our mind that has disguised himself as God? That bully, like it's human nature, we start to fall back into this this default mode of merit and demerit. God loves me when I do this. God doesn't love me when I do that. Okay, he can't love you any more, and he can't love you any less. He loves you right where you're at right now. You are justified by his grace before God. It's a gift to you. You did not earn it. And, and here's the deal. The reason I bring up God, the reason I bring up Jesus, the reason I bring up how the Creator is trying to redeem this, this jacked-up, diseased planet back to himself is because he loves us. And the reason I bring up God in that is because at the very foundational levels of your spirit, all right, I'm not talking about your, your psychological mind. I'm talking about your spirit. Okay, episode 60, I got into some of the uh, stuff about being being sexually abused. Okay, I had been through that before with a counselor. I had talked about that stuff before, but not at the deep level where it had it had met me in a place in my heart that had my motivations going to a place that was uh, that was a, a striking out in anger. I didn't know why I did that. It was deeper than than just mere brain chemistry and and cerebral you know psychokinetics all right it was it was coming out of my heart it was coming out of my spirit it was coming out of the motivations of my soul because i get angry and i want to strike and i want to hurt as i'm pushing back something in me wants to do that that bully in me trying to tell me that God does not love me, that God is disappointed in me, that God wouldn't, you know, care if I was hurting and bleeding. None of that was true. Okay, you know, I, I told this listener that, that part of my calling is, is doing this show that I really feel on my heart called from God to, 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 to do this. Okay, to do this thing, it, it it it's weight on me, and I, and I believe that if you're listening to my voice right now, maybe God's trying to call you back to Himself. Maybe He's He's speaking through me to tell you that you don't have to beat the crap out of yourself anymore. That God loves you, and if you think you're all great and you're all that, and you're and you're walking around with this kind of pious religious attitude. Maybe you're supposed to understand that you you need to die, all right? You need to understand how filthy you really are and that you do need a Savior. We all need a Savior. We're all looking for a Savior. We're all looking for something to save us from the hell that we believe we're in. That is the truth whether you believe in, in God or not, you are a worshiper. Your desire is going towards something. You wake up in the morning and you're looking for a Savior. I'm asking you to rip down the wall. And I don't know if you have this bully in your head like I did, like this listener did. I don't know if you have that bully in your head. 
I would contend that we all do at some level go in, fall into merit and demerit. Martin Luther said that religion is the default mode of the heart, and I believe that is what he was talking about. We don't believe we earn it. We don't believe we're good enough. We're not. That's the truth. But we don't get there by trying to be good, do the right things. That comes later, all right? Fruit. Overcoming this addiction is going to come through you understanding how much that king loves you. I heard a guy say that the Bible is kind of like God's love letter to us. And all throughout that book, you know, the, the Old Testament, God's angry at sin, right? The Old Testament asks a question. Great Bible teacher Matt Chandler in Dallas, Texas said this. The Old Testament asks a question. The New Testament answers that question. Okay, the Bible is a love letter to you. It's kind of like it's kind of like junior high, soft, gushy kind of love, right? Where where you're handed this love note, and you open it up, and and the box says, "Do you love me?" Check yes, or check no. All right, we check the yes box with our lives. That's the truth. We check the yes box with our lives. Facing the liars, tearing down that moldy wall in our life, is tearing down the voices that tell us that that note that came to us, that guy doesn't really love you. You can't trust that guy. It's not the truth. God made it. He made everything. He made you. He made your wife. He made your kids. So I'm asking you to get back up. I'm asking you to face this thing from a new angle. To understand desire. Because desire is changing you. Whether you listen to me or not. Whether you stop listening to the show. Whether you think I'm a religious freak. Whether you think I'm a nut. Whether you think I'm a heretic. Whatever you think of me. Here's the deal. You're going to wake up in the morning. And you're going to put your hope in something. And you will have desire throughout your life. Right? You can't get rid of it. It's part of worship. You are a worshiper. Desire is not bad. God may desire. But which box are we going to check? Are we going to be the farmer or the nobleman? That is the question. That is the choice. You know, it's it's like it's the pain, all right? There's going to be pain involved. I like that story with the guy remodeling the house. You know, he didn't have the money to tear down the wall. You know, he, he it was going to be painful for him. It was going to cost him something. He was going to have to risk something. Pain is part of the process. Getting Back. This is the song. This is a bumper by a band called Pillar. The song's called Get Back. Get Back in the Fire. The fight isn't over. I was a coward while facing the lights But now I've got my toe in the light I was a coward while facing the lights But now I've got my toe in the light The fight is in the Back on 
Listen, one of the biggest growing pains for me was getting back up after I'd fallen so many times. If there's any pain that's that's bigger than that, imagine yourself in a game, right? You're in a football game, and you get knocked down. You get knocked down. You're bloody. You're beaten. Your, your knees are banged up. You keep getting back up. You keep getting back up because you understand that the, the, the other team, that's the guy that's shaking his head at you when you fall down. Yeah, you just stay down, punk. That's what he's telling you. Understand desire. Understand the motivations of your heart. Where they come from. They come from your creator. Get to know him. I challenge you in this. God does not hate you. Read, Look in the Bible, please. If there's any thirst I can give you as a desire to prove me wrong at least. That God loves you. Loves you. Jacked up, messed up you. That you can trust him. Crack open a Bible. I'm challenging you to prove me wrong. It's a love letter to you. Okay? Obedience comes from you understanding that. It's not, you know, you're not just supposed to submit. He doesn't want your begrudging submission. He wants your heart because he loves you and he's after your joy. And that's the truth. Because here's the deal. Here's the choice I'm going to ask you to make today. Either you're going to go through pain. You're going to go through pain either way. You're going to get your knees banged up. You're going to get hurt. Okay, this is going to hurt. Tearing down that wall of the plasterboard falling on you, it's going to hurt. Okay? But here's the deal. It can be growing pains, or it can be your festering, rotting heart. Either way, there's going to be pain you know, that's that good kind of pain I was talking about in the two dogs story. The kind of pain that's like feeling the burn. It's like burning off the junk in you. It's going to hurt. But that, that is the good pain, friends. And here's the deal. Some of you are just not making the choice to heal, are not making the choice to, to get up, to get involved, to get involved in a group, to maybe quit the fakey fake church you're going to and find some people who are willing to be real I don't know but here's the deal pain to not do anything in and of itself is pain do you understand you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day living the same day over and over again is pain I'm asking you to choose the good kind of pain I'm asking you to choose because your life will leave a ripple effect. Whether you choose to let your heart rot or you choose to get on the treadmill, you will leave a ripple effect with your life. Thanks for listening. My name is Russ Shaw. The website is asi247.org. If you could leave a donation, I would be uh, I would appreciate it immensely even a buck, even 50 cents, whatever you can do. I thank you so much for listening. I want to leave you with a song, a uh, bumper from a band called uh, Cast... Uh, the band, excuse me. Hold on a second here. The band is called... The band is called This Beautiful Republic, and the song is called Cast... 
off. Remember, you can uh, go to the website, ASI247.org, click on the music tab and buy the music right from there. I don't get a dime paid to me for that. Uh, Just promoting the music. Again, I thank you for listening, and remember, life is 20% the stuff that happens to you and 80% how you react to it. Can you forget?